0: Morning.
1: Hey, good morning. morning, good
0: morning, sir. Hey, good morning, good
1: hey, morning, good morning, good morning, we got a beautiful day out here today, hey. yeah. good to see you over here this morning, if you're visiting with us today, we would like for you to fill out the blue connect card that's in the pew and just you can leave it uh, in the seat or we'll pick it up from you either one, but good to have you this morning. If you are uh, if you have children, we've got Children Church uh, before the service and they'll exit on this back door and uh, go down and you're welcome to go down with them. Also, the restrooms are down that hall on the left, the ladies and the gentlemen. So good to have each of you here this morning. Brother Stacy, good to have you with us this morning. Brian Bryce, good to have you back with us today. So let's see uh, Wednesday we'll have a Bible study at 6.30 uh, Wednesday evening Brother Ray is going to be having that and uh, youth youth will be meeting with Bryce uh, at 6.30 also on Wednesday evening uh, next Sunday Brother Ray he will be here for the worship service uh, and we've got a youth retreat coming up be coming up March the 24th through the 25th for grades 6 through 12 and that'll be at Count Pollock and that'll be $35 a a person. So if if you know somebody that would like to go to that and uh, if they uh, do not have the funds on that just let us know and we'll be glad to help them out on that. Also, coming up, Brother Carvin, we've got another work trip coming up in Guatemala. And the tentative date on that will be September the 13th through the 19th. And you can contact Carvin Adams for more information. But please get with him before March the 1st. So, uh, we went on that trip last year, and it is a, a blessing. And it is a work trip, too. But we would uh, we plan on going back this year. And so, uh, those little old kids, i tell you what, is their son to see and to be with for a few days. And, uh, we have plenty of work to do after we get there too, but we did take a little bit of uh, spare time where we got uh, to see a few things in the city. And so we went to some different churches. Uh, we put in some playground equipment, uh, Marlon charlotte was with us donna my wife she went uh, yeah carly went carly didn't do a lot of work she done a lot of politicking i think <laughs> i'm kidding carly but anyway we'll have a good time we'll have a good time and we'll we'll uh, get a lot of work done that's really a blessing so, look, good to have each of you here this morning. I'm going to read a couple of, of uh, scriptures for us. First one's uh, Chronicles 16 23 through 31. I'm getting used to my glasses so I can see again. This is 1 Chronicles chapter 16, 23 through 31. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all all peoples. For great is the Lord and most most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all gods of the nation are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty before him, strength and joy in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations, ascribe to Lord's glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor, of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firm, firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. And the next one is Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter 7. This is one verse, verse 14. If my people who are called by the name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. You know, there's a lot of revivals going around, starting around our United States right now, just just in our United States. Just in like in Kentucky, up in that area. And it's going to different schools. But, you know, God, we're all children of God. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, us being children of God, God loves us so much. He cares about us. He wants us to seek, seek Him daily. And He's got a plan for each of our lives. And that's what we want to do. We want what God wants for our life. So just remember to pray for, pray for our church, pray for our families in the church, each one of them. And so we just thank you for being here this morning, and we ask you to worship with us this morning, join in to worship. So I'm going to have a prayer before we start. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. We thank you for the love that you have for each of us, Lord. Thank you for sending your Son to die for our sins, Lord, that we might live and have an everlasting life. Thank you for each one here this morning. We just ask that you'd be with us in this service. And we just ask you to be with our service this morning. We ask all this in your name. Amen.
2: Amen.
3: This song has literally haunted me. 1st We're not going to sing yet, sweet. So I'm, I'm interrupting your, your bulletin this morning. <laughs> But it's haunted me to the point that I even lost sleep over it. And after a while, I decided, well, I was just going to talk to Vicky about this. And I explained to her what was going on. And I said, I feel like we need to sing this song for some reason. She said, well, let's just do it then. <laughs> so after we made that decision yesterday, I didn't have a moment's trouble going to sleep last night. <laughs> So we're supposed to sing this song. It's made up of three different stories. One of them is about a blind man from birth who each day, a loved one guided him through the city, through the city gates, and they placed him outside the gates down on the dirt. And he sat there and listened to footsteps and patiently waited And when he heard a footstep, I imagine he begged for a few coins. The second story is about a woman at a well. She had not lived a good life, had made some bad decisions, and she was very dishearted and very alone and discouraged. The third story is about some beautiful innocent children who wanted to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his stories. But the adults felt like they had a lot of work to do with Jesus. So they just shushed them, sent them on outside, and you said, play, and you stay out of the way. But all of these lives were changed when Jesus of Nazareth passed by their way. And this very same Jesus Is here right today wanting to heal broken hearts, change our lives, make us feel worthy when we feel we're not worthy. So we're going to share this song with you this morning. Something good is gonna happen today right here in this place.
0: You know I get nervous where there's ten people or ten thousand people but when God puts something on our hearts we have to obey and we have to bring that message I just I just lost my aunt and she just passed away with cancer but the thing I was going to say there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain out there today in our church not just us one but our surrounding churches also and I just feel like that in first genesis you know God said that he created the heavens and the earth stars and when I think of earth Think of it as a place we're just passing through but when I think of heaven that's a place of eternity that is eternal we're going to be there a long time and I just feel like that God's calling on us you know just come we come to church we get baptized and we get saved some people think that's just the end no that's just the beginning building our faith every day is a struggle but we do it to get stronger and I just feel like this song here that we're going to sing, we're going to do it a cappella, we're going to do it without the music. And I just want you, if you feel free to stand up and sing with us, that's great. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. One,
2: two, three. One.
3: together singing, what a mighty God we serve. Joined together, on He leadeth me. O oh, blessed thought! You may go to your uh, children's church now. Thank you. You may be seated.
1: Thank you, our worship team. How great is our God? How good is God? God is so good to us. On our prayer request this morning, just remember our pastor-elect, Brother Dan and Lynn, uh, they'll be going to Arizona, traveling this week to be with uh, their daughter and their two grandkids and husband, and just remember them as they travel, and then they'll come back and they'll be uh, getting ready to uh, load up. They've got everything set up now. Uh, they've got uh, the uh, the moving people to uh, be coming in and loading them, and then they'll be here for us on Palm Sunday. That's the plans right now. So just remember them. Also, uh, baby white, Emma's baby, thank God that that baby... God has touched that baby this week. Thank you each for your prayers, and just remember that baby. That baby is going through a tough time, but that's a child of God. So just remember to continue praying for him and the Crawford family, Joe and Terry. They've been going back and forth a good bit, and uh, I haven't been over to see them, but Reuben and Hannah went over to, uh, to Shreveport and seen the baby this week, so thank them for their support through that also very easy i did see miss vera don and i visited with her uh, yesterday evening and she said she appreciates each one of his prayers she uh, did have a broke hip and they done surgery and that was turned out good and then uh also she got a broke elbow so she says she's not able to move very much so we were going to take her a uh peach milkshake but we couldn't get one yesterday so she loves a peach milkshake also remember brother Ray he's, uh, he's got that home I think everything has been finalized on his uh, mom and dad's home and he will be uh, getting rid of that getting out from under that so also uh, James Brown is doing better and just praise God for that our son-in-law Brad Chipman he said to let you know that he appreciated your prayers, and uh, he got to go home uh, Friday evening, and uh, I think he's still uh, tired after being in the hospital for a few days. Also, Larry, Larry Lawson, uh, BJ's husband, just continue to remember him, and also David uh, Westfall, uh, he is doing better. So they took him off of the uh, breathing tube this week so just remember continue to remember them Alice, Brooke uh, Rodney uh, Summerfield's family and remember the ones that's traveling this week and are there any other prayer requests that maybe I've overlooked or did not know of oh yeah Dylan Kelly he's a uh, Dylan's uh, one of uh, Marlon's uh, co-workers in the same type business that Marlon's in and I know Dylan through his dad and, and mom. And uh, he had, he had uh, hurt his back, and he talked to Marlon this morning and just asked her that we would remember to pray for him because uh, he's got to use his back in his work. But he's in pretty pretty much pain this morning. So thank you, Marlon. I'm sorry I, I got that written and forgot to bring that up. Anything else? Bryce, and thank you and pray for for Bryce and these teens. Uh, We appreciate him. I thank God has called you here to work with with us and thank God for that. So anybody else can thank anything else? Uh, Stacy, good to have you with us this morning. I'm going to call you and your family. Thank you for being here. Any visitors here, thank you all for being here this morning. We, we're glad to have you. And please come back. And Brother Stacey, I'm going to call you up to uh, lead us in prayer and then bring what God's put on your heart. Thank
4: you. Let's pray this morning. Dear God, thank you so much for your wonderfulness. Thank you for your love and compassion. God, and thank you for your saving grace. God, there was a number of prayer requests that were mentioned today. God, and I just want to lift those up to you and lay them at your feet. God, in our own strength, there's nothing that we can do, but God, that we know that you can. God, you're still in the business of healing, even though the world tells us that you're not. And God, we love you for that. And God, we pray that in each and every one of these situations, God, that you take control. And God, when the, when the blessing is provided, that you receive the glory that you deserve. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Well, thank y'all for allowing me to come back today. I really appreciate it. Uh, we actually had a chance to go to Winter Jam last night with a number of youth, and uh, we got back in about 1.30 this morning. And I don't know about you, but that's really, really late for the Leonard family. Um, <laughs> I don't have quite as much to do when we get in, all I got to do is shuck the clothes and get in bed, but Angie had to wash her face and everything, but I think by the time she got in there, I was already asleep, so, um, but we had a great time, and there is something about being at an event like that where thousands of people were praising God all at the same time, and like you had mentioned earlier over in Asbury in Kentucky, there is a revival going on and it's starting to spread, and when we were there last night, you could feel the energy and what God has in store, and it kind of gives you a glimpse of heaven, right? When everybody's sitting there and they're raised hands and they're praising God together, you can just feel the hairs on the back of your neck standing up because the Holy Spirit's there and it is fantastic. So, Also, um, I hear that you guys have a pastor. And that is fantastic. My strategy worked. <laughs> Generally, if I come to a place long enough, they'll speed up the process and find them a pastor. So I am super glad for you guys, and that is fantastic news, so um, I know you're, you guys are happy and that's going to be fantastic. Can't wait to meet him. Can't wait to meet him. Let me ask you a question, and I want you to do something different for me today than probably you've done in the past. If you can find a scratch notepad or a piece of paper close to you or whatever, and a pen, I want you to write down these three words. <clears throat> I'll give you a second to locate one. And when you scratch it down, I want you to write these three words. Am I enough? Am I enough? And that's a loaded question. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But I want you to write that down. There's a few other things I want you to write down. but We're going to start with that today. Let me ask you a question. I always like to start out sermons with a question because it kind of leads into the meaning of the sermon today. And I want to ask you, have you ever felt inadequate? I heard a little few of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever felt like no matter what you did and how much you did and how hard you tried, it was never, ever enough? Yeah. I want to give you a little taste of our life here lately. Our life has been a little bit hectic. So Angie and I are building a new house. Uh, we're in Calhoun and we've been doing a lot of things with that. Uh, it's not been a bad experience at all. It's been a very present experience. Our, our contractors are doing a very good job of keeping us up to date on what's going on, moving forward. We're actually going to move in in two or three weeks. So we're very excited about that. In January 1st I took a promotion at work and I've been doing a lot of stuff with that. So I've been doing my old job plus my new job for the last two months and there's been a lot going on. On top of that my daughter accidentally wrecked her car. Not bad, but we had to deal with the dealership and the insurance companies and the rental companies to get that done. So needless to say, my life in the last two or three months has been very, very hectic. And it seems like I just can't get caught up. It's like I just can't do enough to get it done. And at times through this all, I have felt extremely inadequate. There are times that somebody calls us, hey, you remember to do this? I'm like, oh man, I forgot. I forgot and I blame myself and I feel like Stacy you're failing you're not able to get to the things you should be able to get to and then I have to remind myself man you got a lot going on there's an awful lot going on and I feel inadequate but you know, it doesn't just apply to my personal life, which is very hectic at sometimes. And I know that it's going to calm down. I know that we're going to eventually be in the house. Anna Grace's car is fixed. I know that my job is going to line out. We've got people in place that's going to take over some of the responsibility. I know that's going to happen. But do you ever feel inadequate in your Christian life? The same set of questions apply there, too. Do you feel like no matter what you do and no matter how, how, how hard you try, that you just can't seem to be doing the right things. Maybe the devil's knocking on your door all the time telling you, Stacy, you're not being good enough. Stacy, you're not doing enough. You might as well just give up. There's no way you're going to be able to do enough to satisfy God. And I don't know about you, but that knock on the door comes pretty often, especially when your life is hectic. The devil loves for you to be busy with anything but the Lord. And when that happens, he's been knocking on my door really heavy, telling me these exact same words. You're not doing enough. You're not getting enough done for me. You might as well just give up and just focus on your daily world activities and not the things of the Lord. And that wears on you for a little while. And what's really sad about that, you start believing that a little bit in your mind. You're like, you know what? Maybe I need to focus on my life first and then get back into the Word. folks you know as well as I do that is not God talking that's the devil trying to pull you down so I really sat down at my desk and I started thinking I say right, you ever heard the word kiss keep it simple stupid that's me to take a complex problem and really really make it simple so I sat down and I thought what are the things that I need to do in my Christian life to really narrow this down into areas where I can understand it and what I need to do moving forward because if I do that maybe I can address these concerns and this anxiety about things going on in my life and my Christian life and make it easier to digest for myself so I want you to write this down right underneath am I enough these are the things that I thought about over the last few weeks that helped me figure out where I am in my Christian life and how I can get back to where I need to be to get my life straight to understand what God wants me to do and keep moving forward because I'm not the only one there are several of you in this audience today that are having the same difficulty because the devil's working on you just like he's working on me okay so here's number one the thing that I had to think about to make sure that I'm living the life that God wants me to live number one is am I determined enough write that down Am I determined enough? And I want to lead you, read you some scripture this morning. It's in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Now this was written a long time ago. I think everybody receives a prize today, but not back then. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete res- uh, every athlete exercise self-control in all things they do it to receive a perishable wreath but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly I do not box as one beating the air but I discipline my body and keep it under control At least after preaching to others I find myself disqualified I wanna give you kind of a story real quick several years ago me and a group of people from church we decided we're gonna run a 5k and I don't know prior to that if I ever ran more than about a mile. Okay? But we all got in a running group and we started meeting up around Ike Hamilton up there and running or whatever. And we started practicing to run a 5K. Some were practicing to do a half marathon. I didn't even I didn't even entertain that ball. Okay. So we took off running. And let me tell you, if you never just took off running, and it's been years since you ran, you don't take off and run three miles. Man, I ran down to the bottom of the hill, and I was so out of air, and everything was hurt, and I, could, I had to walk. So I would walk and run, walk and run, walk and run, and eventually I got to a point to where I could run a mile. Still, everything hurt, right? But it got a little easier. I got a little faster, and over time I got to where I could run three miles and finish it. So we got to that point where I was doing the 5K. A number of us were doing 5Ks, and we decided, right, that we were going to do a 5K race it was at Chenault Park. First time I've ever been in a race like that in my life. There's all kinds of people there. I'm talking about little kids this big to big kids to grown up to whatever, all in the same bunch of people. And they fire the gun. Go. Well, man, I take off. I'm feeling good. The air is crisp. I'm really getting after it. And I realize about 600 yards into it, I'm going way too fast. <laughs> because if I don't slow down, I'm not going to finish. So I'm sitting there and I'm running and I'm starting to backpedal a little bit. People are starting to pass me, right? We get about halfway through the race and there's a young boy. He's probably 10 years old. And I'm not sure if he was playing with me or if he was just doing the best he could. But he would come by me and just pass me. And eventually I'd catch back up to him. And then he saw me, he'd get past me again really fast. (laughs) And eventually I would run past him. He'd do it again. This happened like 10 times. And we got toward the end of the race and I could see the finish line. And I said, you know what? He ain't going to beat me. I don't care how old he is or whatever, he's not going to beat me. And I turned on the jet, so everything I had to finish it out, and I beat him. But I was determined to beat him. I got a more embarrassing story. We decided after that race that we needed to do another race. And this one was over by Oliver Road over there by Ryan Chevrolet, that area over there. Same 5K race. This is where our other team members decided they were going to do the half marathon. Again, I didn't entertain that. But I got in the 5K race and I'm running. And I knew this time, don't start out so fast. Pace yourself. And I did. So I'm running and I'm probably halfway through and I start hearing a, a noise. It's like, week, wee week, 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 I said, what is that? And he got closer and closer and I noticed behind me, there was a lady about 70 years old that had braces on her legs and she was coming up fast. And she passed me. And I'm sitting there and I'm sucking air like you wouldn't believe. It's a little warmer that day. The air's not quite as crisp. So in my defense, it wasn't the same type of day. But anyway, she passes me and she stays in front of me about from here to that door for a while. And I say, you know what? She can't beat me. So again, I saw the finish line, and I turned it on, turned on the jets, and I pass her, and I beat her. And I thought all was good, I beat her, right? She comes up to me after the race, and she taps me on the shoulder, she goes, ah, you had a little bit more than a tank, didn't you? So I beat the lady with the squeaky wheels. But I was determined to do that. So referencing back to my original question, am I determined enough? Think about that in our Christian life. I knew when I started preparing for a 5K that it was going to be hard, and it was. But I didn't stop doing that. I didn't stop running. I didn't stop trying to do better. I didn't stop because my legs started hurt. I didn't stop because I was out of breath. I didn't stop because I was tired. Because I was tired no matter if I ran a mile or three miles, it didn't really matter, I was tired. But when you talk about your Christian life, are you determined enough? A lot of us in our Christian lives are so willing and so easily give up because it's hard. And I felt a little bit of shame when I kind of thought about these stories and about the question here. Am I determined enough? Because the truth is, in my personal life, I'll try a lot harder at some things than I will in my Christian life. I refuse to give up in some things in my personal life when I'm quickly able to give up things in in my personal life as I am in my Christian life. So some things started coming to mind for me. As a Christian, you have to be determined to accept some challenges. I wish I could tell you that when you become a Christian, all challenges are done. Your life is caked from now on. But that's absolutely not the truth. Life still happens. The devil doesn't give up on his opportunities to try to take you down. As a matter of fact, in some cases, he's going to try to speed it up and try to get more aggressive with you. But you have to be able to be determined to stay ahead of that not let the devil beat you down there will be challenges but you can get through them because the truth is you're not in this by yourself anymore even when I was running I wasn't out there by myself I was with a group of friends some of them faster some of them slower didn't really matter but I wasn't by myself when in my Christian life I'm not by myself either I've got God on my side and I need to understand that no matter how much the devil tries to beat you down and tell you that's not true that's absolutely the truth The other thing that come to mind is, I've got to be determined to find the blessings and trials. Every Sunday morning at our church, I always ask, do we have any testimonies? And it started off a year or two ago, and it was really slow. And I realized, I'm just going to start doing the awkward silence. I'm going to say, anybody got any testimonies? And I'll just shut up. Eventually somebody says, Well, I got one, I got one. Now when I say it, we get pretty pretty good return, right? There's always a testimony or two. Well, guess what? Through some of the toughest times of my life, trying to run a 5K, working myself up to all I could do three miles, the reward was the great feeling I had about self-accomplishment, right? That I was able to get through that and do that. Well, guess what? In our Christian life it works a lot the same way. Sometimes you go through trials and through fire. But when you come out on the other side, God has taught us something tremendous about ourselves, or about how we're supposed to move forward in this life. So there's always a blessing in the trial if we give God the glory for it. But sometimes we don't do that. Let me make this statement very clear. God's blessings are not a coincidence. The world have you believe that everything that good happens in your life is just a coincidence of life. I don't believe that at all. Because guess what? God blesses me more than I deserve all the time, and I'm proud to say it. We need to start giving God the glory, where He deserves it. And that's in everything in our life. If you want to combat this world and what's going on in our world today, give God the glory. Quit saying, I, I did this, I did that, God did that, or I did that through God's glory. That's very, very important. And the last thing is, you gotta be determined to fight. When I was running for that 5K, there were times I felt like I couldn't even get a breath of air. There were times that my legs were hurting so stinking bad. and There were times that my feet felt like concrete, but I kept moving forward. I remember somebody telling me, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You've got to be determined to fight. Folks, as Christians, we can't just give up. There's too much at stake. Have you seen the things they're trying to teach our kids now in schools? That's not just the news. That's true. What if we give up? What if we don't fight for our kids and our grandkids? What happens? It's not the next generation's responsibility to stand up, it's us in this room today, just like it was for our parents before us, and we have to keep it going. We can't give up and quit the fight. We can't because it's too important what's going on in the future. We have to do what we have to do to keep fighting. The next thing that i thought of as I was thinking through this, trying to keep it simple, stupid. And I want you to write this down. Am I strong enough? Am I strong enough? Let me read you a verse out of Joshua. Joshua nine says this. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And you all know Philippians 4.13, you could almost say it with me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We need to hold on to those verses of scripture because it's so true. Am I strong enough? You know, for years, I don't know, for two or three years, I owned a CrossFit gym there in Calhoun. And I realized pretty early on that I was not working toward my prime anymore. I'm 52 years old. And every time I would work out and come back the next day, I'm so sore I can't hardly move. These kids would bounce in there like it was nothing to it, right? And I realized pretty quick I'm not working toward my prime. But I work really hard to get things down and get the techniques down and build my strength. And that's good. It's helped me out in my life, helped me do things that I've always wanted to do, couldn't do. But strong is just not a physical strength, strong is a mindset. Strong is a mindset. And we have to make sure as Christians that we hold on to that and understand that God is our strength. Nothing within myself is going to make me strong in my Christian life. I need God all the time. I have so many doubts that race in and out of my mind that I need God to set that straight. I don't know about you, but without him, I would fail. I lean on God all the time. And guess what? He's okay with that. He's okay with us saying, you know, God, I don't understand. God, I'm hurting God, I'm worried. God, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. God, i got anxiety. God, I don't know what the next steps are for me. That's okay, but we have to be strong and continue to move forward. The thing about strength is, there are things that are going to come our way. And we're going to have to have the strength, not only for ourselves, but sometimes for our family and our friends to stand up against temptation. Temptation is real. And just because we sit in the church today does not mean that we're not tempted we're tempted in one way or the other here's one thing about the devil you can say he's persistent he does not just sit there and say Stacy man you're preaching today so guess what I'm gonna leave you alone he doesn't say to you hey you're going to church today so while you're in church I'm gonna leave you alone man he's coming at you full guns we gotta be strong we have to resist the temptation but not only for us but also for our family right you gotta be strong for your family because guess what Sometimes your family is going to need you to step up and be that Christian leader that you need to be. They're going to look for that from somebody, right? Your kids are going to look at you and say, hey, I need to believe in something. This life is beating me down. Be that spiritual leader for them. But you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to resist the temptation, and you're going to have to resist it for them. So you have to be strong to resist the temptation. also you got to be strong enough to praise God during the trials I remember years ago we went to a church and we say this all the time we've been in Sunday school together and we've always said hey give God the glory even through the trials give God the glory all through the trials when all the troubles come give God the glory and we preach that we teach that until it happens and when it happens we don't give God the glory anymore we get blamed to everybody else I remember talking to a pastor and the church was going through a division it was really hard for me to see it happen. Because I've seen people just love on each other like nobody's business until two people disagreed in a church. And all of a sudden, they both chose sides and everybody chose sides and nobody wanted to love each other anymore. Eventually, the pastor ended up leaving. And I told him, "So listen, give God the glory. And he got silent. We got off the phone. And it's the last I heard from him. How do we preach that and talk about that in Sunday school all the time? But we don't believe it. When things don't go our way, we immediately start blaming everybody else. Well, guess what? Sometimes God is moving us out of a situation to make the situation better. There are things that God knows about our future that you will never know, and I will never know, that he's trying to put us in a better situation. So we must also realize that in those times, as hard as it is, remind yourself to give God the glory for whatever's going to happen. Because I know, because the Bible tells me, all things he does is for my good. It may not feel like it. It may feel like it's going the opposite direction. But the truth is, God is working for your good. And we have to believe that. I think so many times in our world today, they see us so downtrodden as Christians, they're like, why would I want to be one? You're always beaten down. You always feel like you're inadequate. You always feel like you're not good enough. That's not true. That's the devil telling us that. We have to be strong enough to give God the glory. Here's the tough one. We have to be strong enough to encourage others. Why do we fellowship? Why don't we come together in this type of setting? Because I need you. You need me. We need each other. I love my church family. And one of the most... Precious things to me on a Sunday is to be able to come together and worship together, love on each other. And the thing that I love the most about church on Sunday mornings is church chatter on Sunday mornings. When people are coming together from the week and you hear people laughing and cutting up and hugging each other and everything else, that's fantastic. That's another glimpse of heaven, right? That we're able to come together and love on each other as a family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. But guess what? That doesn't happen everywhere. That's a blessing from God. But there's going to be times that we have to be vulnerable to what's going on in our lives. We're so scared as Christians now to come down and pray at the altar when something's going on because what people are going to think about us. You know what? Phooey. If something's going on in our life, be vulnerable enough to pray about it. Because I can tell you what, I could ask anybody in here to pray with me and I'm sure that you would. And I would do the same for you. But in our church halls, we should not be scared to get up and pray for ourselves or others. Can I get an amen to that? Because the truth is, we get so scared to make a move. We want to sit in our pews and be quiet. And all the pain and all the suffering that's going on in our life, we want to keep it right here. There's a multitude of people in our church fellowship team that would pray with us. But we don't want to be seen as weak. Folks, let me tell you something. To have the courage to stand up. And say, "I'm having some issues." Is strong. That's not weak. And if anybody in your church thinks differently than that, they got to work on something themselves. That's not you. That's them. Folks, we've got to get back to a point. And if you saw the pictures of Asbury in Kentucky where they're praising each other, there are people all over that place praying for each other. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We should be doing that all the time as well. Do not ever be afraid to reach out and pray for someone. And I can tell you what, at Liberty Grove, we've had a couple really, really tight prayer requests. Some things that were going on in people's life that we really anointed people and prayed for them. And guess what? God performed a miracle. God performed a healing miracle. The world will tell you, oh, that's really crazy that God does healing. No, God heals all the time. We just don't give him enough glory for when he does. So when we do, it sounds really weird. But guess what? He heals all the time. We had a young man at our church that had some type of spot, and Andy can tell you more about it. He's a little guy. They were worried to death about going to getting the test done, right? So they got the test done. They were going to do an operation. They get ready to do the operation. They go in. Guess what? Cannot find the spot. The doctor is bumfuzzled. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I do. God healed that young man and he's still healed today. You have to be strong enough to encourage others. Here's the one that got me. Are you determined enough? Are you strong enough? Here's the one that got me. Write this down. Are you excited enough? Let me read this scripture to you it's Romans 8 1 through 11 It says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness required of the law might be fulfilled in us Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Listen to this part, chapter nine, I mean verse nine. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life—spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give you life in your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. That says a lot, but it says this. You are no longer captive to this body. You are in the spirit. God is directing your life as a Christian now. And folks, that is something to be excited about one of the things we need to do when we leave a place like this when we have a good Sunday is when we see people out in public they need to see Jesus Christ through us before you even say a word they need to see something different about us not exactly the same as the world except when we finally get to talk to them about Christ Christ should be the center of our life not the afterthought I have a plan when I get out that when I have an opportunity to sit down with somebody, ride with somebody, or whatever, whether or not they know much about me or not, in the first ten to fifteen minutes, they need to know my walk with life, or my walk with Christ. Something about that conversation in the first ten to fifteen solid minutes, I'm going to relate something back to Christ, either church, what I did on Sunday, it's going to come up, and I do that on purpose. It's not something that I've always done, but I do it now because guess what? I'm proud to be a follower of Christ. I'm not ashamed. And it's not something I'm proud of that I want to tell you when you find out that you've been friends with me for a year later, oh, Stacy goes to church. If they don't know that pretty quick in our walk in life, then we need to work on something. Because if we're really excited about living in the Spirit and Christ the Lord working through us, then our folks around us need to see that. So I had to ask myself, am I excited enough? I've already figured out, Stacy, you're determined. You're gonna keep moving forward. You're gonna keep praying through it. You're gonna continue to have trials, and you're gonna continue to move forward, you're gonna continue to fight. You're strong enough. I know your life is hectic, but you're gonna be fine. But this one really got me because you know what? Above all things, I need to be excited about the things of Jesus Christ. I need to be showing his love and compassion everywhere I go. This world needs Jesus Christ right now. People are searching for things in drugs and in sex and other things and guess what? We have the answer. The joy and peace that God provides us through the Holy Spirit is not just ours to hold on to and hide. It's like the story of the talents, right? We don't get to go and bury it. We got to share that and grow that because guess what? It's not about growing numbers in church, it's about growing numbers for the kingdom there are people in my community and your community that need to know the Lord. If we don't tell them, who does? Simple question I always ask in this situation is, when is the last time that we shared the gospel of Jesus with anybody? It's a question we have to ask ourselves. I'm not looking for an answer from you. When is the last time we actually shared the gospel of Jesus with anybody? Folks, we cannot sit back and watch Fox News and talk about how terrible everything is and be a, a standby reader or watcher. Because the truth is, if we're going to watch that, then we ought to, ought to know that we have the answer. We can't sit back and have all these discussions with our friends about how bad schools are and how bad our country's getting and everything else. Yet while we're not sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with anybody... Some of the stuff that's happening falls on us as much as it does anybody else. Not that we agree with it. We're just not combating it. Because when sin enters life, the answer is Jesus Christ. In every situation, we have to be bold. To round it out, just another two or three questions here I had to ask myself. Am I excited enough to participate? Am I excited enough to participate? I say that because I've been on a nominating committee for our church before. Anybody here been on a nominating committee before? Yeah, it gets gets moved around a good bit, don't it? Any of you ever try to ask somebody at church to participate? Can you volunteer for this? Can you be a Sunday school teacher? Can you be this? Let me tell you, that's a hard job. Because guess what? Nobody really wants to do it. And it's sad because generally what you find when you do that is the same set of people are participating and volunteering all the time. And I'm going to be honest with you, it gets very tiring. That the same group is always the ones pulling out the tables, always pulling out the chairs, always doing this, always doing that. And we're very blessed just as you are that we got people that are willing to do it. But man, there's a lot more people in our church besides the ones doing it. But if you're excited about the Lord, you should want to participate you should want to be here you should want to show God the glory and work for God and give him the glory for what you're doing one of the most fun things about when we do things at church is right at the end say we're having a we're having a Valentine's banquet tonight it's a little late and it's a cowboy theme. I don't know if y'all seen Joey Pitt lately have y'all seen him he's got this dirt mustache thing going on right now I don't know why I don't know how he's doing it or why he's doing it but he's so excited about tonight's cowboy thing he's got a cowboy hat, he's got a gun holster, he's got all kinds of stuff going on one of the most fun things about when we get together like that is not the food which is really good is at the end when we start picking up the tables and the chairs almost everybody in attendance there does it together And there's a lot of tables and chairs but guess what in just a few minutes we're able to knock out a whole gym full of stuff because everybody works together and it always does my heart good to see everybody coming together to do that and it tells me that hey Given the opportunity of everybody coming together, I know it's just a simple thing like putting up tables and chairs. But man, look how fast we do that and how effective we do that. And that's just putting up tables and chairs. What happens when we put that same effort together to sharing the word of God? What if we put that same effort together to loving on each other? Something to think about. Am I excited enough to grow? You know, the devil will also tell you that you're in a part of your life, in your Christian life, that you don't need to learn anymore. You've been doing this a long time. you got all the answers. You don't really need to listen to what the preacher's saying. You don't really need to be convicted anymore. Matter of fact, you need to be the one working with everybody else. Because, you know, you're kind of up here. You've done these things for a long time. You've got years of service and things. You should be the one telling everybody else what to do. You should be the one judging what everybody else should be doing. Folks, again, that's a lie from hell. Because the truth is, we always learn as Christians. I'm 52 years old, and when I was 20 something, I thought I was really smart. And I've learned over the last 30-something years I didn't know much at all. And you probably tell you now, I really don't know much at all, even now. But I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Do you all feel that same way? When you're in your 18, 20, 25, man, you knew it. You knew everything. Then you get a little older, you're like, whew, man, I was a dummy. Well, guess what? As Christians, we continue to grow. We're never at a point where we have it fully understood. We're never at a point where we got everything figured out. Because if we do, I believe in my heart, I don't become as vulnerable as I used to. I don't become as vulnerable to the Spirit. I don't become as vulnerable to the call of God. I'm sitting back waiting to see what everybody else does. Yep. She needs to go down the altar. Yeah, if I heard some stuff. Man, I'm looking over and I said, man, I hope the God's working on him today. Folks, that's dangerous. If we really know that something's going on in somebody's life, we should be praying for them. Not talking about them. One of the things you hear about churches you have for a long time, it's full of hypocrites and they're probably right. But folks, we can kind of change that a little bit if we become more vulnerable to their needs and our needs if they see us praying or having some issues in our life that we need prayer with they're going to be more vulnerable too we have to let the spirit work within us and the last thing I want to talk about here so important excited enough to share I know you said brother Carver, was going to Guatemala you have been there I've been on three mission trips in Nicaragua and the first time that I went, I was really nervous because I didn't know what to expect. It didn't take me long to realize it was a very poor country. That the kids and the people there, uh, they live off very little, right? But it was so fun for that seven days because, number one, I had no cell signal the whole time I was there unless I was at the mission house and you had Wi-Fi or whatever. But for that seven days, every day, you were sharing the Word of God. We would go to a battered women's shelter. We would go to an alcohol rehabilitation place, whatever. And we were sharing the word of God. And let me tell you something. The feeling that you get from doing that, because that's God's commandment, right? His commission to us to do that. You would not believe how good that feels. Am I right? They are so eager to hear the word. It's unbelievable. And you're there just doing that. Your whole seven days is encompassed of sharing God's word. I get chills thinking about it. And we're going to church with them, and I can't understand a word they're saying or singing. But man, they are loving the Lord. I've preached there in English with a translator, and that's hard. And we worship together. Let me tell you something. Sharing the word is, can be contagious. Because whenever you leave Nicaragua, or Guatemala, wherever you go, and that's what you've been doing for seven days, you want to keep doing that. And we say, yeah, but that's Nicaragua, and that's Guatemala. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, they don't hear a lot of that. They hear it. People here need to hear it just as much. Yeah, this is a rich country. It really is. I was talking to one of the uh, families there, they make about $34 a week. $34 a week. And I've been to the grocery store there. It ain't cheap to buy groceries there. It's not as bad as it is here, but it's still pretty expensive. I've seen families get on a motorcycle five deep. One on the handlebars, two on the seat. Baby's got, the mom's got one in her hand. You think I'm picking, they five deep on a motorcycle. That's their transportation. I've seen people walk five miles to come to a Bible study. We can't get people to drive five miles to come to Bible study. Am I excited enough to share? So you wrote down four things. You wrote down, am I enough? And I would tell you that God tells us that we are enough. The Bible will tell us that God loves us. He wants what's best for us. You, you wrote down, am I determined enough? That's a question you need to ask yourself today. Am I determined enough? To do what the Lord has me to do. Am I willing to go through the pain? Am I willing to go through the pain and give God the glory on the other side of it? You wrote down, Am I strong enough? You know what? I take vitamins every day. You know why? Because it makes me feel better. What is our vitamin for Christianity? The Word. Am I strong enough to do what God asked me to do? Am I strong enough to stand up in the face of temptation for me and my family and my friends? Most importantly, am I excited enough to share the Word of God for people to see Jesus in my life? Not every once in a while, but all the time. And folks, these are questions you have to ask yourself. The reason I ask you to write it down I think I had ADHD when I, they didn't know what ADHD was when I was a kid. So I would go to study or whatever and I'd start reading something. and It wouldn't be five seconds. I'm thinking about something else or I'm getting sleepy. right? And it took me a lot of my adult life to figure out how to study for something. <laughs> and what I did was I would have to read something out loud to myself to comprehend. Maybe some of you do that same thing. Maybe I'm the only weird one. I'm not sure. But guess what? I learned to learn that way. So when you took the opportunity to write something down today, visually something's going to stay in your mind. That's going to stick in your mind all week long. And I'm asking you as a challenge to think about that this week because I've been thinking about it about two or three weeks. These questions keep rolling through my mind over and over and over. And I just want to tell you this. Regardless of where you're at in your walk with the Lord, regardless if any of these questions hit you right on top of the head or whether it didn't, Today is always a day to make a change. The beauty of God's love for us is it's never too late to keep moving forward. It's never too late to ask God to intervene in your life and put you where you need to be. It's never too late to be vulnerable to the Spirit. And I know as the worship team comes up this morning and we're going to sing a song. You know, it's probably been about two months ago. I do the MCN at our church on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. Do the announcements quite like you do. Try to get the church ready to worship. And for some reason I was sitting there one morning and I said, you know what? I feel like God's got something heavy in my heart. Patricia, y'all know what I'm talking about. And I made this announcement. I said, church, I have one really important announcement today. Everybody's looking at me. I said, the altars are open. The altars are open starting now. If you feel the need during a worship song to come and pray, the altars are open. If we're in the middle of the sermon and you need to pray, the altars are open. If at the end of the message you feel the need to come down and pray, the altars are open. Folks, in our churches, it can't be about certain timing for you to come down to the altar. Because guess what? God deals with us all the time. Not just at 11.59. So I want to encourage you. The altars are open. If you just want to pray by yourself. I don't want anybody to pray with you. Come over here. You can sit here. You can pray. I'll pray for you at a distance. But if you want to pray and pray with somebody, I will pray with you. As long as you want to pray right here. But folks, we've got to have our altars open at a church. I am tired, and I know you are too, of service after service after service with nobody vulnerable enough to make a move. I'm not saying you've got to come down to the altar and be vulnerable. What I'm saying is, I can't believe it never happens. Folks, God deals with my life too much for me not to give him the praise and the glory for what he does. And I need to have my tail down at the altar more than I do. I'm asking you today to go over these questions in your mind as we sing this song and be vulnerable to whatever the Spirit tells you. If He tells you to kneel down where you're at, kneel down where you're at. If He tells you to grab the neighbor beside you and pray, pray with them. But folks, if we want true revival, if we believe that God is doing something in our country for revival, then guess what? We need to be a part of it. I don't want that to pass by on my watch and say, you know what? I was skeptical of that. I don't think that's right. I'm not sure they really have a revival. You know what? That's what the devil wants to tell you. This country needs a revival. And it can start here at Cypress Street, Church of God. It can happen at Liberty Grove, Church of God. Or we can do it together. But folks, we can do it with God's help. Come forward if you feel a need.
3: Won't you stand with us, please, as we sing sanctuary?
2: say
4: having me here today. I really do think about you guys as being a second home. Um, You know, over the last three or four years, this is what I do. I have a real affection toward Church of God churches, and unfortunately uh, some of our churches don't have pastors. I'm so glad that you guys have got one. There's still a number of our churches in the state that don't, and I try to travel around as much as I can to fill in where I can try to expedite the pastor thing because if I keep preaching they're going to say we're going to get somebody but guess what continue to pray for the other churches that don't have pastors they're great people just like you but thank you for allowing me to speak over the last few months and spending some time with you you always have a special place if you ever need me I'm here we'd love to see you at some more events or whatever but thank you all for being here let's pray and be dismissed okay dear God thank you so much for today God thank you for your word and thank you for the word of the Bible, God, that helps us and teaches us what to do, how to do, and what the expectations are of us, dear Jesus. God, I pray that all these things, that the questions that we ask ourselves today, God, that we're just in our heart, dear Jesus. That when these times come up and our lives get extremely hectic and we're trying to figure it out, God, and the devil's working on us and trying to tear us down, that, God, we can go back to these three simple questions, God, and get our life back on order. God, thank you for Cypress Street Church of God. Thank you for your blessings. God, be with us as we depart here, God. Let us always be the family of God. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen.